0: You know, you guys know. <laughs> makes it easy for me. Well, uh, good evening. My name is Bill. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who is in recovery for overeating of sugar, anger, an adult child of a dysfunctional family. <laughs> and I've been celebrating sobriety from gambling and lying for six years, two months, and two days today. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for allowing me to share your testimony um, about how you changed my life. Um, Brought me from where I was at to where I'm at today. And uh, I just pray that my testimony will help uh, someone out there in the room tonight, Father God. I just pray this in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, so I was, I was born in Santa Clara, California in 1965, and this is my story. My family was middle class, and I'm the oldest of three. I have a brother and a sister. I had a crazy childhood with a dysfunctional family. My father was an alcoholic, and my mom was a homemaker. My mom held the family, family together when dad was off on his drinking spats. My dad was a genius, very smart. His IQ was off the charts, but he had a problem and it was drinking and anger. I endured physical and emotional abuse from my dad. It was normal to have a lot of, uh, lot of verbal abuse from my dad in our house throughout my childhood and teen years when he was drinking. When he was not drinking, it was a peaceful home with great memories. I would try to please him the best I could to keep my room clean and the yard cleaned up so that it would not send him off when he had been drinking. At a young age, he would instill fear into me through his uh, verbal abuse and his fits of rage. It seemed as though I could never please him. He would go into rages, get abusive verbally most of the time and there were a handful of times it became physical abuse. He even set our toys on fire once. The reason for this was me and my brother got into our Easter eggs two days prior to Easter. I had my brother, I and my brother decided to play war with our G.I. Joe figurines and use the eggs as hand grenades. <laughs> um, our closet was very long, um, it was an old porch from the 1940s home that was converted into a bedroom with a big closet around the whole length of the porch. Yeah. So I was at one end of the closet and my brother was at the other end. Our parents heard all the noise and found us covered in eggs as well as our toys and our clothes. Oh, did I mention the eggs weren't boiled yet? (laughs) So you can imagine the mess that we had created for our parents. For our parents. So my father said, clean this mess up or else. The rage and anger I received that day from my father scared the six-year-old I was. I began to clean up the mess the best I knew how. But my brother, who was 13 months younger, refused to help. He was a very stubborn child. My father collected all of our toys, went out to the backyard and burned them all. This is how our toys got set on fire. I felt betrayed by my father, someone I should have been able to trust. So at a very young age, I learned that people who are supposed to love you and care for you will hurt you. I began to live in fear and I began to hide my emotions from others by stuffing my feelings inside and sneaking sweets whenever I could. This was very easy in my house because my parents had a chest freezer and mom loved to bulk shop. Whenever I began to get emotional, I would eat sweets. Growing up, I didn't have any friends and in junior high, I met a couple of people who later broke my heart by talking about me behind my back. I became very lonely and was hurting inside from the rejection I got at school and at home. My father told us kids his dad was never around, and so when he became a father, he didn't want us kids not having him around, even though he drank a lot. I could see how my dad did the best he could at the time in his life on raising us kids. When I was 12, my father took us to his friend's church, and at that time, my parents was looking for us a place to live. His friend told my parents, they had uh, lots of room for us to stay with a few other families. Yeah. It turned out to be a religious hippie, hippie commune in Morgan Hill, California. We lasted three months there. Sorry about that. My father got a job in Oregon and moved us all out there to start a better life. But after six months, our life started looking like it was back in California, rage, age, anger, and drinking. The verbal abuse that and the whippings I endured as a 12 and a half year old. So mom packed us kids up and we hopped on a bus and moved back to California. Mom got a job working at a bowling alley and for six months we stayed in the nursery at nighttime. And then daytime, we're out on the street. Mom and dad eventually worked things out and we all moved back home with him at his new place. The abuse started again. Dad would tell me I was worthless and I would be a failure in life. He would whip me, sometimes he used his belt. Sometimes he would send me out to pick a switch off the tree and tell me to get one, get a good one because if it broke easily, I'll be out there getting another one. I feared being whipped. I was 13. When I was stuffing my, when I wasn't stuffing my emotions with sweets, I began to lie. In 1978, when I was 13, I got baptized in a little Baptist church and turned my life over to God. Eventually, I got baptized, and I had, even, okay. Eventually, I got baptized, and I was 13. A few years went on and eventually I would be off doing sorry guys I'm dyslexic so things read I just read things backwards <laughs> I would be off doing my own thing and not living for God but keeping but keep attending church and church functions so no one else knew I wasn't being faithful to the Lord In high school lying became my new tool tool of choice I was bullied shame and humility humiliated. This was masked by my sweets and lying. I began to steal from my parents. I got a high out of the rush from the money I was able to get from checks I wrote for goods and cash. Me and my dad had his, the same uh, name so it was easy to do. Um. Soon this would catch up to me when my father had me arrested. He worked for the city we lived in and knew all the officers. He made a deal with them to send me to juvenile hall for one night to teach me a lesson. Plus, I had to pay back everything I had took by, taking, by paying back my parents the money I had taken from their account as life goes on. When I was 21, mom took me to the casino for my birthday. I thought, wow, that was fun. I tried drinking and drugs, but it really didn't affect my life. I didn't like how they affected my body, but I did have an addiction and that addiction was gambling at the casino. At first, it was just a fun place to go, but eventually it became my addiction. When California started selling lottery tickets, I started doing them. I would lie, cheat, and steal from different family members to get the money for my fix couldn't hold down jobs for long because of the late night casino trips. I would be showing up late for work or not even at all. Eventually, I found a job and held it for 14 years until I had a work-related injury which hurt my back. I found myself unemployed but still searching for that fix for my gambling issues which at first I just thought was something to do, which was enjoyable and a stress reliever. But still my life was a mess when I was not working. I started hanging out with one of my cousins and he hooked me up with his girlfriend's friend. I moved in with her until she developed cancer. I moved out because I couldn't handle it. The stress I had felt and I had been telling someone how I met and how I I was feeling about the whole situation and they had asked me how is it that you are stressed and you sat down with her oh how is it that you're stressed have you sat down with her and asked her how she was dealing with it Eventually, after living on the streets for six months, I decided to go back to her. The shame I was living with for leaving her when i had when I should have been there for her. But I had found out from. found out from her family that she had passed away two months prior to me going back. I was told she had stage stage four cancer. I became depressed and became a full-fledged gambler. I would go to different casinos in California and Nevada and sign up for the free rewards, free money to gamble on. Many years flew by and eventually I would meet a beautiful woman and we got married. She didn't know about my past life experiences with my gambling addiction. We did go to the casino together once. We stayed the night but I was, I was able to control my urge to gamble. I would have thought of fear and loneliness and rejection in my life if my wife knew I had a gambling and lying addiction. When we first got married, I was finishing online college and babysitting my stepdaughter. I got a sales job, but eventually I wasn't making any money so I turned to gambling. Eventually I was losing more than I was making so when I was supposed to be working, I was going to the casinos looking for that easy money. It got out of control and all of a sudden my my world was crumbling around me. My wife knew nothing about my addictions, but I knew she was about to find out because I had maxed out her credit cards I took out personal loans to fuel my gambling addiction. I started eating more sugary foods and my weight was really going up fast. I began to panic and hide the baked statements from my wife. I switched all the statements to online so I had access to hide them and cover up my debt of stealing and gambling. By the time my wife found out, we had to file bankruptcy, and she insisted I see a counselor. Luke twelve two and 3. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Even going to church and seeing a counselor, I continued to gamble and lie. My addiction got worse until I was looking at going to jail for a dishonest thing I did at work. I told a lie to cover up and then another lie. I thought about suicide as a way to get out of my troubles caused by my gambling and lying. I never told my wife or family how, how, I, how I felt. I was living with so much pain and didn't know how I could tell anyone without being caught in my lies that were catching up with me. We had been going to a church all along, but it wasn't until my wife found out about my addiction that God ended up back in my life for real, not just for showing others. I had been going to a counselor, but didn't tell her or my wife about the gambling or lying. When I got fired from my job and was facing jail, my brother helped me tell my wife about my gambling addiction. When she found out she threatened to leave me if I didn't go to celebrate recovery... (laughs) I started started to celebrate recovery on November 21st, 2017, one day before my 52nd birthday. I haven't missed one night of a meeting of going to the Even when I was sick, I watched it online. If I can't come here, I find another one. And that's even true with, even when my employer sent me back east to uh, home office for a, a week's worth. I watched it online Ephesians 2.10 for we are God's handiwork and created in Christ Jesus to do good works with which God prepared in advance for us to do so back to going back east I went back east uh, to Walmart's home office because I had signed up for a 21 day challenge to change the way I eat That 21-day challenge ended up being a total of now 186 different 21-day challenges. And that's challenged the way to change the way I eat, and I do them one day at a time. Originally, I lost 101 pounds in 11 months in 2019. There was a story written about me, and at that time in my life, I weighed 387 pounds. Fast forward, I can say today, I've kept that off and more since my starting of my 21 day challenge. Thank you. First Corinthians 10:13. So So when, whenever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. When I was gone, I couldn't find a recovery meeting. So I watched a large group on my phone Then I had called accountability partner and we went over the focus question that night. Step one, I admitted I was powerless over my gambling, that my life had become unmanageable. That was my turning point in my life. Daily, I pray to God and ask him to help me remove my defects of character. My number one defects of character is shyness. And God, he delivered me from that. From the first day of giving my testimony until today. Psalms 42.8 But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me and through each night I sing his songs of pr- praying to God who gives me life. This is how I live my life. I take my life one day at a time now. I can't think ahead because it will mess my life up over the stress of the future. The past is what it is. It's the past. I don't stress or think about it at all. I live for today the day I'm in. Sometimes I live by the hour, sometimes the minute. But keep coming back because it works if you work it because you guys are all worth it. I love that saying. Daily I pray the Lord's Prayer to our Father, the Holy Spirit, and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And, the, and I end in the serenity prayer. 2 Corinthians 5-17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old the old things pass away, behold, new things have come. Because 1 John 1 nine says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. God's grace saved me by washing the old, old me away in 2019 when I got baptized here at Celebrate Recovery. And again, now because of this, I'm a new child of God. I'm a new creation. Step three says, we make a decision to turn our wills and our lives over to the care of God. Romans 12.1, therefore I urge you as brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. This is my favorite step, my turning point to recovery and my lifelong journey with God. The new me has compl- completed five-step studies. Before coming to CR, I had no friends. All I had was female friends, but no male friends. Now in CR, I have brothers. I'm no longer alone, and I have support. Isolation is dangerous, so find a friend. I have several people who are my accountability partners. I have an amazing sponsor who is there to support me on my recovery lifelong journey. John 321 in the Amplified Version says, but whoever practices truth and does what is right morally, ethically, and spiritually comes to the light so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are accomplished in God, divinely promptly done with God's help dependence on him. I was asked once by someone after small group if I had a least likely step of the 12 steps. At first I said, no but then thought about it for a few seconds and said, yeah, I do, because step nine, because when I was giving my amends to the ones I had harmed, I couldn't give the amends that I had written for my father because he had passed away many, many years before I knew anything about Celebrate Recovery. So on June 7th, 2020, I drove out to the Salmon National Valley Cemetery found my father's headstone, stood there, and read my man's letter to him. There I felt peace as I read my amends. I felt calmer and I felt relaxed. I felt this heavy weight lift off my shoulder. All the regrets I had towards my father were gone. At the end, I said, I love you, Dad, and I can forgive you. Recovery to me is not a quick fix. It's a lifelong journey. It only works if you take it one moment in doing time, oh, one moment at a time, doing it one day at a time. I have also worked with other addictions. My favorite one besides gambling is, on July 5th, 2020, I had quit smoking after 35 years. I give all the glory to God, so keep coming back, it works it, because you're all worth it. God has placed me in a wonderful church. My marriage is much stronger and the trust is coming back day by day. My life has changed in so much. My life has changed so much during these days of recovery. More than I can share with you tonight. I give Father, I give our Father in heaven all the glory for this recovery journey I'm on. I pray the surrender prayer every day when I do my morning prayer and I read the Bible. So my morning prayer is at night time cuz I work night times and I'm sleeping during the daytime. So, that's when my day starts. God's kingdom is what I live live my life for daily. I was told by someone at church that they see me becoming a fisher of men. Matthew 4:19 in the New Living Translation says Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. I'm going to a ministry school um, because I want to help people and become a minister with my wife. We already have a ministry helping children and in return these children have God and celebrate recovery in their lives as well. To the newcomer, I just hope my story can help you in some way. If God can deliver me from my addictions, he can deliver you from yours there's no perfect people in the world of ours we we all have addictions so many of so many so may only some may only have one some may have a couple or some may have many addictions you made the first step by coming here tonight so keep coming back please when i was here the first night i heard a testimony And I thought, wow, that person was messed up. (laughs) I didn't think it was a place for me because I was dealing with, what I was dealing with was way different than that person. But about a month of listening to others and the teachings, I started to open up in a small group. I discovered, yes, I'm just as messed up as that person that shared their testimony that first night of mine. My healing started when I attended my first step study um, at the Crossroads Church with the great group of men who are still my accountability partners today. Uh, I now have a life without guilt and shame, and it's all because of the love of my Father God in heaven who loves me. Every chance I get, I tell others about CR and how it has changed my life for the good. It's a life-changing experience. Step 12, having had a a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Today I serve and give back back by being a co-facilitator and a facilitator in my group. I help out bi-monthly on security for Big Valley Grace here, and also help with the children's, sometimes at Rock Kids. I have co-facilitated a step study, and for the past two and a half years, I've helped serve as a greeter in security from my home church on Sunday mornings. I'm in a spiritual leadership group, which is on hold now with my sponsor, and with that i said i want to thank my sponsor again for pushing me to write my testimony so many years ago to share with everyone at celebrate recovery it's so rewarding to tell others about how god has transformed this once broken guy to who i am today each time i get to tell others with each each time i get to tell others about my testimony i know i know this is the purpose that god has for me I want to thank my wife, Chrissy, who couldn't be here tonight. Thanks for seeing the good in me and that I couldn't see at that time in my life. Thank you all for being me sure. Thanks, Bill, so much. Appreciate it. Give him one more hand as he makes his way down the steps. We're going to uh, read the serenity Prayer prayer together in a second, uh, but as you head to life group, or not life group, open share groups, whew, man, uh, the focus question is, how have you coped with emotions in your life in the past versus now? And that's a question that we'll have as we head to our Open share group. So let's read this around.